Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. And we are back. I am happy to say with the man that people have been requesting. You know, we are back with Devin Gardner. We are back with Al, Al Borges. People are, wait, hold, hold, hold up. Where's Vance? This is not the same without Vance Biffins. Don't worry. You know, Vance, he has some travels to make. He, you know, some stops to get some sweet baby rays, maybe a couple key sweat concerts, <laughs> you know, visit some family. And then we get started and the man is back himself, Vance Bedford. Vance, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Great to be back with Big Blue and get it rolling all over again this season. Yeah, so so Vance kind of take me through the offseason, man. What what was Vance Bedford up to? You know, I spent some time down in Houston with my family. My wife and I bought a little condo. You know, my dad turned 90 back in July, so I was there for that. And uh, I had a chance to go spend time with the Seattle Seahawks, one of my buddies, the coordinator up there. Went down and watched the Broncos. Just been watching a little bit of football here and there. But otherwise than that, I'm just taking it easy. I'm a retired guy. and can't complain about a thing. <laughs> so you were a big fan, Vance, as we – as we jump right into your observations so far, two games into the Michigan season, sort of going back and watching the uh, the defense, and we'll break down the Hawaii game in, in in detail. But looking at them over two games, just give me your your initial impressions of of this defense under new defensive coordinator Jesse Minter. I'm surprised and excited after losing basically two first round pick defensive ends second-round pick at the nickelback, a linebacker, a nose guard. I'm like, there's no way they could be as good as Watching the first two ball games, it's a wild factor. They are playing so fast. You bring in a coordinator, I guess, from the same system. And as we were talking earlier, I think he's a DB guy. I'm watching things coverage-wise, and I get excited. Some things I didn't see Mike do last year. I see some of the same blitzing stunts up front, but now I'm seeing zero coverage. I'm seeing different kind of combination coverages. It can confuse quarterback and offensive line. I tell you what, if you're a Michigan fan, if you're not sitting in the stands right now waiting for the next game to start, something's wrong with you because you've got a defense that's right now flying around. I wish I could be there right with you hitting the elbows. Somebody pass me the popcorn in the butter. I'm ready to roll, baby. Yeah, man. You know, it's interesting as you uh, look at Jesse Minter being a DB guy, as you said. Um, Steve Klinkscale rising up as a as a co-coordinator uh based on his you know his input on the defense uh in just one year. He's a secondary guy, he's the secondary coach. And so the combination of the two, Vance, that that DB influence, why is that different? Why is it different having a DB guy be a a coordinator versus say uh most of the time, I don't know many D line coaches that are that are uh, that are D or defensive coordinators, but certainly you see a lot of linebacker guys that are defensive coordinators. Why is it different based on where you coach in the defense? Well, linebacker coaches he think more about the front seven, so he does things based off the front seven. He's not as familiar with coaching defensive backs. Well, defensive back coach, first thing you think about, I want to get pressure on the quarterback. 
So in order to do that, I have to play man-to-man. -man. I have to play zero coverage. So I see more man-to-man -man and more zero coverage right now in two ball games than what I saw last year. I see some of the same things. I see quarters coverage, but often the quarter coverage this year, he's going to cover two based on route recognition. So I can see the coverage, the secondary input compared to a linebacker coach who thinks from front to back. A DB coach thinks from back to front. So you're going to see some different things and, and disguise-wise, different things coverage-wise, different role coverages, trying to confuse quarterbacks. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do this year. So another factor here, because, Vance, you've, you've stepped into situations where you got to teach guys your scheme. You've taken over defenses, guys with established good and talented players, right, that are, are used to maybe having some success a certain kind of way. Really feels like Jesse Mentor is able to lean into some of the things he want to do. He wants to do faster because of the scheme similar. I mean, like you said, like you said earlier, you know, basically the same scheme. Mike McDonald's is one of his best friends. They coach together with the Ravens. So he's not changing too much. It really feels like you can hit the ground running in a situation like that. It makes it easier. The terminology of this stays the same. The players already know the terminology. So now you just have a different voice calling the defense. But it's the same, except now he added a few things, especially to the back end, some things that I didn't see last year that hopefully give him a better chance. I'm going to have to go back to the Georgia game. You know, some of the things Georgia went to, you would hope a secondary guy on the fly can make adjustments. I've seen some things this year where it looks like he's rolling weak, he's rolling strong. So he's forcing you to throw into, it looks like the weakness of the, of the coverage, but it's the strength of the coverage. It's like trap. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm out there hunting, so... The bear hears me over here, but the trap is set over there. So the bear is running from the noise, but he's running right to where I want him to go, to the trap. I got the bear by the by. So that's what I see in the defense right now. He's setting up traps. Like, I'm blistered from here, so the protection slides to the blistered. So he has to come from the other side. I had the quarterback in the back, and it's like, come on, three baby races back already. No, they're on game two. Come on now. <laughs> so you, you just said something interesting. It's game two. So. You know, there's a I, I hear coordinators and head coaches all the time talk about, hey, you know, you don't want to show too much right here. This new D.C. coming in and it's Hawaii and Colorado State. I mean, there's a line of thinking that says you keep it. You keep it really vanilla. I, I don't what's what's your philosophy? I mean, were you a don't show too much early guy or or do you just put it all on, on wax or put it all on paper, so to speak, to see what your guys can do? You know, that's old school. Don't show it right now. It's a new age right now. Everything is a show me right now. It's a microwave society. So I'm not worried about not showing anything. I'm going to show you everything and anything. I'm getting ready to win every single ball game, one game at a time. So whatever it takes, I'm not going to hold this back for anybody. If I'm showing all these things right now, you have to prepare for all of it. And it's tough to prepare for all of it. So he's doing it the right, the right way. I'm going to show you every blitz I got. Okay, go and prepare. You don't know which blitz I'm going to have in this ball game. I've got 10 blitzes in my book. I'm only going to bring five to the dance, but I'm making you work on all 10. That's called confusion, confusion, and more confusion. I'm all for that. All right, so no, no vanilla in in, uh, in his icebox. It's all it's all just bring bring the thunder. Huh? What is it, chocolate thunder? That he's yeah, he bringing everything. It, it's, it's not vanilla ice cream. It's vanilla with the little little. Uh, different things on it. You got everything, little dots in there. You got everything in there, man. It's, it's not straight. It's not plain. It's everything. So 
it is something in there for everybody to like. All right, so here's here's the other thing, Vance, because and we run into this talking about the offense because they've they've gotten off to a great start. I'm gonna let you have a chance to talk about your man Sharon more uh, in a minute, but it's Hawaii and Colorado State. Man, it was a sack party in game one. It was, you know, meeting at the quarterback in game two. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. Every blitz is getting home. They're getting home with four. They're obviously getting home with five and six. Uh, You got every edge guy in there is getting a hand on the quarterback. How much of of the success do you think translates to tougher opponents? Uh, I know you hear that from from fans and media like, yeah, this looks good against these two squads, but what about when they – when they face a tougher team. When you're supposed to be a better team on paper, what they're doing, you should destroy them. Guess what they're doing right now? They are destroying them right now. They're the better football team. And when you see that happen, it's building, getting yourself ready for Big Ten football. Now, if the games were close, I would be a little disappointed, a little bit concerned. Right now, I'm really excited because they are flat destroying these people because they should on paper. So they're telling you right now, Big Ten, Get ready. We just want to take it one step at a time. We're getting better every single ball game. And all the fans, remember last we had this conversation? And I told the fans, get off their butts and stand up and get ready to cheer. I was concerned with so many guys going to the draft. Right now, they should be standing outside buying tickets right now. You're going to see the same thing by the defense. And check this out. Sharon Moore is one of my guys who's with me in Louisville. They're going to be better on offense this year, baby. We're ready for another Big Ten championship. You heard it from me first. Let's go, Blue. <laughs> you, and you said it last year. Before anyone, you were saying, hey, Big Ten championship right here in Ann Arbor. Dance Bedford called it when I admit I was on the heading into the season. I was on the 8-4 train, and there were a lot of people with me. There were some people saying 6-6, six and six, right? Very few people thought outside of the building, outside of Schimbeckler, thought that was a Big Ten championship team. You were one of the exceptions. So I, I definitely, definitely take stock in your predictions. But, man, what do you remember about – you mentioned Sharon Moore being one of your guys from Louisville. What do you remember about Shimo, uh, about Sharon? And, and obviously now he has his, his fingerprints on his, his hands on the steering wheel of an offense. You know, Sharon, I think, is a class young man, beautiful family. And Sean Watson was offensive coordinator, the West Coast guy. So Sharon had a chance to sit back and watch and learn. He was coaching tight ends at that time. And now he's the offensive line coach, so he has put his own spin on it with, you know, he's co-offensive coordinator, but he's going to run the football. He's going to find different ways to run power and counter and double-team people because he played at Oklahoma when they were at the top of the chain. So he knows what it takes to win. He's been around winners his entire life. So I'm excited to see what he's doing. I'm excited right now. Look what they did the first two ball games. You can sit back and say, well, they played nobody. Okay, all you nobodies out there, put on your uniform, go get in front of that offensive line, and call them nobody. So, again, they did what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to dominate, and guess what they did? They did that. So, I'm excited to see them each, each week get better and better and better. All right, so coming off of last year, I think there were some some obvious things to be concerned about. Like you said, how are you going to replace Aiden? And 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 David Jabba, how are you gonna replace Dax? Who, you know, Dax was special. He was special. Yeah, yeah, just a special athlete, right? And so here, here they come back, seeming to be addressing those issues early on. 
were there any other things that you were so we you know you were worried about okay who where does the edge rush gonna come from who's gonna be the nickel but were there any other things heading into the season that you're like hey they need to get better at that they need to improve that were there any things that sort of stick out to you in that regard you go back to the georgia game they need to improve the corner back play you know we talked about that all year long that was one of my biggest concerns out wide one-on-one and we got through the big 10 with, with those guys playing they played well we got into the uh, championship game versus Georgia, they took advantage of the guys. So we have to take strides there. And I think watching what they're doing defensively right now, he has some coverages that can protect the guys, but also he's playing a lot of zero and man free, which when you're playing zero coverage, you don't get home and your corner guys show up. If not, they're in the end zone dancing on you. So as the season progressed and we start playing Penn State and, 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 and Ohio State, can we hold up and man free and zero coverage? A long, long time ago, back in 1982, I was in St. Louis Cardinals. I'm a player back then. My defensive coordinator, Floyd Peters, he had this comment saying, when we bring pressure, zero pressure, and them little fellas in the back end get beat, so I'm never going to yell at those guys. I'm going to at the guys up front because we bring in six guys. That means four guys are one-on-one. We're supposed to win that battle. So right now, from what they're doing defensively, that's what he's saying to those guys. When we bring six guys, I expect us to get home, that the quarterback does not have time to take advantage of us in the back end. So I like what he's doing on defense. I'm all for it. The fans are going to love it. And again, like I said last year, what I'm saying, it reminds me of 1997. We did the same thing. We ran pressure packages. We ran zero packages. We we walked up and pressed guys. We did it all. And I'm yeah, so, the same so thing right now. This is an interesting Interesting, 25 years, fans. 25 Ooh, years. Oh, wow. No, one of my five years. But, but that was an interesting time because obviously you, you guys were returning a lot of talent, but there was a lot of, there was a lot of change, right? So, uh, you go back, you go back to that point. Greg Madison's out. Jim Herman's in. You just went eight and four back to back seasons. And that defense, it was most of the same guys. I mean, you had you had a young Dehani Jones and a young Ian Gold, and then you had Will Peterson and and James Whitley sort of entered the fray. But everybody else had been there, yeah. and the the performance of the defense went from here to here. What, so what was that? When you look back on it, what kind of led to the arrow going as far up as steep, you know, a steep up upward trend like it did? Was it was it the aggression that you're talking about? I me? Mean, what did you see kind of take us back? You know, I'll go back. Let's go back to 96 and 84. We had just put in zone pressure. We went to visit the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we had just put in zone pressure that year. The next year, of course, Greg Madison left. Herman came in. Jim did. So, being a linebacker coach, he became even more aggressive. And Andre Weathers became a starter. Remember, Clarence uh, Thompson was supposed to be, he was preseason All-American. Well, had some issues, he wasn't there. So it was Andre Weathers first year to start. And so we walked up. We playing quarters coverage. And I said, guys, like this. You walk up and press, you've got nobody to read. You walk off at eight yards deep, you got to read number two place palms, which is doing this year. So I had two corners in Woodson and Weathers. They want to walk up and press. And off of that, my safety started playing eight yards deep, flat for the playing downhill. Then we just started blitzing everybody. We Man. came, we, we came out the tunnel for the game started. We throwing helmets and shoes. We throwing <laughs> socks. We bringing everything. We listen right now and they knew. 
And I'll tell you the biggest game, if you remember this, we playing Iowa, I think we down at halftime. And I, you know, the coaches are stressed out. The players looked at us and said, Coach, we got this. I said, man, we got to do this. I said, Coach, trust us. We got this. Don't worry. That's the players telling us that. Coach, we pulling our hair out. The players, we came out in the third quarter, and we lit them up like a Christmas tree. We listened every which way but loose. They didn't know what was hit them in the face. And I see this right now. You got a new coordinator, same defense. He's bringing a different type of mindset to it. He's yeah, bringing more yeah. pressure. So the similarities are a lot alike. Yeah, it, it, I mean, that's why I'm bringing it up. I, look, I, it's early. I understand that. I'm going to hear people in the comments saying, slow your roll. Say, I, I know that. But, man, there's a lot of parallels. You go from one coordinator who's a front seven guy who how, – how much would you say in 95, 96, how much – Pressure-wise, percentage. What? How much percentage-wise would you say you were pressured? I would say ninety-five, not a lot. Ninety-six, we probably went up to maybe thirty-five percent. I say ninety-seven, it might have been fifty to sixty percent. Fifty to sixty. So, so significantly more pressure. Yes. We see yes. signs this year from Mike McDonald to Jesse Minner. I know it's only a couple games, but it's fans. I said, man. And I asked you before we came on, man, it feels like more zero coverage in two games than the whole damn season last year. Like, this dude is bringing the heat, right? So it, it, you see that similarity. Here's another similarity. You sort of laid it out. You lose Aiden Hutchinson. You lose David Jabo. You lose Zach Hill. You just said Clarence. If you don't know about Clarence Thompson, go back and check the tape. Clarence Thompson was a ball player. Preseason yep. All-American. Not available. Another ball player on that team who would have gone down as one of the all-time greats, Vance, might had the sack record for years. Had, for years, right? Only recently did the sack record be broken. Dave Bowens, man, he if he comes back for his junior season, mm-hmm. an animal. An absolute animal. I mean, think about that. Dave Bowens and Charles Woodson. And Tom Brady in the same, and I said, you just mentioned Dave Bowens with Charles Woodson and Tom Brady. He was on that path. He was a member of that class, 12 sacks, a game record. Can you imagine? So they lost that guy. They lost preseason All-American Clarence Thompson. You know, would have been one of the all-time greats, David Bowens, and y'all came back winning the national championship. I'm just saying, Vince, there's some parallels here, bro. There's some you know parallels. what they did last year? They built depth last year. In 97, 96, we built depth because James Hall was a sophomore. I think he played eight years in the league. Glenn Steele started playing better. So a lot of those guys in gold was only a sophomore. Dehani Jones, sophomore. Then we had the three freshman defensive backs. So we brought in depth, which enabled us to do more things. Now Charles Woodson went from just playing cornerback to nickelback because we played a freshman outside in this spot with Andre Weathers, which made us better. So we became even a better football team with those guys not being there because other guys had to step up. And people weren't, they were surprised at that. They weren't aware. So I see some of the same similarities right now. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I really am. I mean, man, I, think about the guys that didn't play. Uh, I mean, I, I remember a dude named Ernest Sanders back in the day. Ooh, Ernest could run. <laughs> Ernest could run. He was fat. He could run, hit you, and go through a wall. Hey, man, that's one of those split guys. That's another one of those split guys with Dre Weathers. He's from Beecher. Uh, you know, nobody thought from... my man Dre could play. I've always, always been a Dre fan. I mean, people all oh, Dre can't play. He won't hit. And Dre will put his nose right down the middle, not even blink. 
That was my boy Dre. <laughs> yeah, man. You got to love it. You got to love it. So we hopefully it plays out. Hopefully these parallels are in, in, in direct parallel to what we saw 25 years ago. But let's let's get back to this game. So one of the things we're going to do this year, Vance, is sort of have you assess different levels of it. We, we did, so you would talk about it. And I, I guess talk about this before we get to the grades. One of the things you, you mentioned last year was coverage at the linebacker position. You you mentioned that throughout the season, saying, you know what, they, they need to tighten that up. That needs to get better. And so that was maybe one of the things that I was looking for based on what you said last season. You know, in the first first two ball games, I think they did a lot better job. Uh, I see guys looking guys up playing with their eyes. Last year, you had some guys, they look at the quarterback. And the quarterback lies to you all the time. So the guys, they playing more match coverage. In other words, they're reading their particular guys, and they match them a lot faster. And that's why you see zero coverage, where they play quarters. There's a match defense. Guys, the bodies are a lot closer, which makes throws for the quarterback that's much more difficult. So, so far in two ball games, I see a lot better play out of the linebacker for his coverage than I did any time last year. Mm -hmm. All right. So, let's get into the grades. Let's start with the front, Vance, and and, and basically the scale that we've come come to is A, B, C, and needs improvement. A, B, C, and needs improvement. So, when you talk about the front, you know, the front, you know, the, the edge guys, I mean, the, the pressure, playing the run, what what kind of grade? Give me your 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 grade and your assessment of the front uh, in, in the game versus Hawaii. The thing about it, again, they are proven they, they are better than the two teams they play. They are knocking guys in the backfield. They tack, tackling guys in the backfield. I'm looking at the stats. It's like 295 yards for Michigan and 30 yards for the opponent. So when I look at, I'm just going to talk about them all together right now because he's doing a lot of different movements and a lot of different pressures. So he's hitting guys in the backfield. So right now, I don't know if you remember this last year, the first two ball games, I said, I don't know if we can rush the passer one-on-one. I said that last year. And right now, because we're blitzing so much and moving so much, I don't see an individual player right now. I see a combination of different players and different stunts that are getting us home. And also, so I'm going to go ahead and get to the coverage. We'll go with it. I see great disguises in the back end, trap coverages that he's throwing into the strength of the coverage, and it looks like it's the weakness of the coverage. So I think it's all tying in hand-to-hand. It's going to buy time, the coverage is, for the D-line to get home. I'm waiting to see, once we get in the conference play on third-down situations, how people are going to attack us. Because right now, you get third and seven plus, you might as well say, here you come. I don't know where he's coming from, but he's bringing a fifth or sixth guy. That's what he's doing right now. And so our pass rush is good. The run stuff is really good because he's bringing extra guys to the dance. The coverage by the linebackers right now, so far in two ball games, so much better right now than last year. I think they spent time on it in all season. And I'm still waiting right now just for the corners to see what they can do. I still have my question marks about them as I did last year. Can they hold up in this defensive package of man free? Zero coverage and full press, which basically means it's quarters, but I'm in zero coverage on my own. My guy goes past 10 yards. So it's a lot of things that come to So it becomes man to man at that point. It's, it's man to man. Yeah. We got, I think, UConn coming up right now. UConn over the last two years won two ball games. Okay. I'm expecting 54 to 10. And I'm being bonus. I'm being 10. I'm being generous for 10 points. If they score more than 10, I'm going to be upset. 
<laughs> All right, folks. You can certainly be on the lookout for that breakdown. But before we do that, we're going to get into the X's and O's. That is a separate video that you can check out with Van sort of detailing the things that he talked about here, disguising coverages, disguising blitzes, all the, all the zero coverage that you see, the aggression that seems to be on another level, the, the match game, if you will, uh, the variety that you see being brought to the table in just the first two games defensively. Vance breaks it down in his film analysis. Be sure to check out that video. Uh, but until then, folks, we appreciate you coming to check out another Michigan defensive breakdown with our good friend, Vance Beffert. We'll see you next time. Hell to the victors, baby. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.